This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stephon Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we have a feminist movie Friday that we have been hinting at for a while. Yeah. 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 Because uh, we wanted to do something for Hispanic Heritage Month, but also a horror movie. And so there were like four options. It was like, Samantha, pick one. And, I didn't, uh, but you said that. You just sent me this option. I would like it no, to be No, I could bring up the email right now. Did you? I sent four okay. options. Okay. I want to fight you on this. Here nope. we go. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> well, clearly there's some tension because she was very <laughs> mad at me um, about this. Uh, so if you want to give your, your little content warning before we get into oh, it. Yes, I will. Uh, let me go ahead because I was like, let me do this for you because I feel like the audience members need to know. That there's a huge content warning that I was not given. And <laughs> me trying to finally be ahead on the job, went ahead and watched this movie. And as I'm watching, I realize I've been tricked <laughs> in so many ways because there is a lot of violence, which I... It's not expected for a, a horror movie. Definitely, like, yes, absolutely. Probably death, yes, probably murder, 
yeah, we know ghosts and things are really mean things uh, who like to possess people. But no, this is not your typical because there's also some a lot of child endangerment, child estrangement, uh, <laughs> being orphaned, as well as child murder, which I was not prepared for. And when these happened, I was like, what the hell have you done, Annie? <laughs> and then I need some spoilers. And I did get some spoilers. And yes, obviously, another warning, this is going to have spoilers. But if that's something up your alley... Go for it, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Because this movie is definitely a great movie. It's well made. And the filmmaker did a great job. But uh, it's definitely something like if you like The Wire as the show, which is how I kind of prepared it, and Pan's Labyrinth, Mm -hmm. uh, then you will like this. But just expect trauma to linger Mm -hmm. for yourself. If you are a social worker who has worked with children, you may not want to watch this because this is where <laughs> I was. I was like, what the hell is happening? We're beefing, Annie. We're beefing. Like, I think that's, that's how I said. ended my text with you. Uh, I was mm-hmm. like, we're beefing at this point <laughs> because there's a lot of that I was like, not ready for. And I should have. I should have. Let's just be honest. I, I should have been a little more prepared. And I, I'm saying this while rubbing my face. Uh, <laughs> but yet I still wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I had to remember, like, oh, yeah, reality sucks. And this is definitely one of those, like, hey, this is some tragic things that t- does occur. and We need to acknowledge it. But for me, I'm like, I lived some of the, not in Mexico, obviously, but, like, losing children to a lot of violence as a social worker, definitely been there. And so I was like, well, my two days are ruined because I know it's going to ruminate in my head. But mm-hmm. it was a good horror movie. It was an awful traumatizing movie though that's how I'm gonna put it so okay. there's your content warning <laughs> yeah we haven't even said the name of the movie yet yeah it's pretty intense and I, w- I was talking about this with friend and uh, co-worker Lauren Vogelbaum because she suggested a horror movie for the show Savior where we do fictional foods and she suggested Pan's Labyrinth and I just got to thinking about it and I was like all the movies that I'm thinking of that are horror movies that are Mexican or Spanish do involve quite a lot of this kind of child endangerment, like reality of, you know, the Spanish Civil War or whatever it is. Ooh, yeah, it's pretty intense. It (laughs) is intense. Yes, 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 yes. And in fairness to me, I hadn't seen it yet. I didn't know. And you, for once in your life, did not procrastinate. (laughs) I did not. I actually went in. I was like, because I didn't know. I couldn't remember our schedule. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and watch it. Uh Uh, Let's do this. And then I was like, what the f*** did I just watch? (laughs) Yep. Well, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to be talking about that stuff, all that in the content warning. The movie we are talking about, let us finally say the title, is called Tigers Are Not Afraid. It's the English title for the Mexican 2017 crime fantasy horror film Velvin, which translates to They Return. And it's written and directed by Isa Lopez. It stars Paolo Lara, Juan Ramon Lopez, Yanis Guero. Oh, my Spanish accent is so bad. I'm so sorry. Um, Rodrigo Cortez, Ansel Casias, Neri Arendando, and Tinak Huerta. Um, and yeah, it is highly acclaimed. It received praise from horror icons like Stephen King, Neil Gaiman, Guillermo del Toro. Of course, Guillermo del Toro is going to love this movie. <laughs> of course he is. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, a dark fairy tale with magical elements. Um, 
while also a very serious examination of the horrific impact of drug wars, human trafficking, and violence in Mexico. Um, it's essentially a three wishes gone wrong story with a lot more going on. Right. This is to me the, the monkey's paw. Like, the, yeah. that's what I imagined this after we finished. I was like, this is a retelling of monkey's paw, monkey paw in Mexico yeah. with children. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and we have a lot of quotes from Lopez in this one because she has a lot of really great quotes. And we want to start with this one about being a woman in the horror genre, especially since this movie happened around uh, when Me Too was really taking off in like 2016, 2017. Quote, I've been in so many conversations about genre and gender. It's really interesting because in Spanish, the word for both things is the same. Is genero. Um, and here's the deal. I don't believe neither in genre nor in gender. I believe in the stories that need to be told. And I'm telling you, we need to start telling stories from a different point of view. If for nothing else, for the sake of not getting bored, you know? We need to hear a new voice, a new take, and the fact that women in LGBTQ community are standing up and taking the stage is allowing the world to hear different stories and different voices, and that is priceless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this definitely is a different perspective. Having the perspective just straight from the kids, because typically these types of movies, uh, you see it from the mother's perspective, uh, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to like dreading whatever's happening to your child or trying to protect your child or trying to uh, get justice for the child is usually from the mother or parent perspective. So it was interesting to have it from straight from a child perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about that more in the themes. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. 
When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, here's the plot. The story follows a young girl who lives in a city rocked by the Mexican drug war named Estrella. After gunfire breaks out while she is in school working on a fairy tale assignment, classes are suspended, and Estrella's teacher hands her three pieces of chalk and tells her they will grant her three wishes. Meanwhile, an orphan named Shine, who wears a tiger mask sometimes, uh, manages to steal a gun and an iPhone from a henchman of a powerful local crime boss, drug lord, and a human trafficker named Chino who also happens to be a politician. Shine attempts to shoot the henchman, but because uh, the henchman doesn't know he's there, he's kind of drunk, uh, but can't or won't pull the trigger. You're not sure at this exact juncture. Right, so on her walk home, Australia comes across a dead body uh, as she tries to avoid it, leaking with blood that follows her to her home. Ooh, uh, when she arrives, Australia's mother is missing. Australia suspects the disappearance is the work of Chino's human trafficking ring and or drug-related violence, which happens a lot around that area. Uh, desperate, alone, and starving, Australia wishes that her mother would come back and soon after begins experiencing haunting visits of her mother, ghostly, and demanding that she bring him to us, quote-unquote. And yeah, she's obviously dead in the ghost's view. So it's kind of that, again, the monkey paw where it's not the person that comes back, right. but the corpse. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so one night, not long after, Australia catches Shine robbing her house and follows uh, him back to his hideout where she meets a group of orphans named Pop, Tusi, and Moro. Estrella stays with them, even though Shine rejects her and refuses to offer her any food. Later, Moro's kidnapped um, after the henchman that Shine stole from comes looking for his missing iPhone uh, and gun. Shine gives Estrella the gun and tells her if she can kill the henchman, she can stay with the group. Estrella sneaks into the henchman's apartment, aiming the gun at him, but wishing she doesn't have to kill him. And presto, she realizes he's already dead. She doesn't have to do it. She frees Moro and returns to the group, telling them that she killed the henchman, and then she is allowed to stay. Right. Also, uh, just a note, because I'm sure we're going to talk about this later, that uh, Shine tells Australia she can't stay because she's a woman and women mm-hmm. are bad luck. So, And then blames everything on her. 
of course. Uh-huh. So that night, her mother visits her again, warning her the man who actually murdered the henchman is looking for her and that Australia needs to bring that man to her uh, when he comes. The children confront a rival gang whose leader mocks Shine for getting Australia to do his dirty work. Australia later discovers a weeping Shine who is distraught that he couldn't be the one to kill the henchman. And he admits that he keeps the phone because it has a picture of his missing mother. The only one he knows of all his other family's photos were lost after Chino's gang set his home on fire, uh, leaving a scar on his face. Rival gang leader that mocked Shine tells the henchman's brother, Tio, about Estrella, and he calls the kids via the henchman's phone to threaten them. Shine shares more with Estrella about his own mother and asks Estrella if she would use her final wish to erase his facial burn scars. Estrella turns him down, concerned about the negative side effects that she's seeing uh, that she feels her wishes have caused. As the other kids are putting on an imaginary talent show, Tio kidnaps Shine. Estrella has another nightmarish vision from her mother and other murder victims before Tio captures her too. Moro um, is able to, he allows them to escape shooting Tio, but Tio survives and shoots and kills Moro in retaliation. Yeah, about that killing the Moros when I got really upset and texted Danny, like, what's happening? Just so you know. <laughs> and it came so, out of nowhere and I was like, what yeah. are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> it was. It was a lot of expletives with what the hell, Annie. So it started yes. with that. So, um, <laughs> Australia and Shine examine the phone, trying to figure out what is on it, and that is so important to recover. Obviously, he really desperately wants it back. They find a video of Chino killing a woman, and Australia convinces Shine to call Chino, who threatens them in turn. Australia is about to make a deal with him. They'll give him back the phone if he eliminates the rest of this gang. Uh, and Chino admits he was the one who actually killed the henchman because he wouldn't return the stolen phone uh, that had the blackmail video, essentially. Mm-hmm. Now, knowing that Australia didn't actually kill the henchman, uh, the children all shun her, including Shine, um, which by BT dubs, she never actually says she kills him. She just says, uh, she says along the lines of like, I made a wish. And that's mm-hmm. all she said. So, mm-hmm. you yeah, know. Omission. Omission. And she's chased by visions of her mother and the murder victims who, again, demand she bring him to us. Um, And one of the ghosts is now Moro with a tiger, BT-dubs. He has a pet tiger, which is part of the folklore that they talk about throughout. That is also uh, Shine continues to do that uh, painting all over Mm -hmm. with the tale that the fact that tigers aren't afraid, they just are. Mm -hmm. Um, And Morrow has a tiger and it comes to life. And why, Eddie? Just why? (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, so, but Morrow tells her to find the group. Uh, Meanwhile, Pop and Tusi steal the phone from Shine, show the murder footage to two cops thinking they're going to fix it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The cops dismiss it and realize, even though they, this is Chino, and just pretty much to run away, like by driving away from the kids. Like, hell Mm -hmm. nah. Shine recovers the phone from them and realizes the bracelet on the murder victim in the video matches one that Australia's mother wore in a picture uh, he'd found, which at the beginning, we see Australia talking to her mom about the bracelet and asking when she can have it. And essentially, she's like, well, I'm dead. So that's (laughs) super, super ominous. Mm -hmm. Australia arrives and warns them that if they don't leave, Chino will find and murder them. They bury Morrow and go to abandoned buildings to meet up with Chino, Tio, and another henchman. Shine hands over a phone, swearing he doesn't know the password. Chino destroys it and kills Tio and the other henchman, telling Australia he's going to keep, he kept his word, and pop in to see, flee the scene. 
Yes. Uh, Estrella recognizes the building and refuses to leave until she finds her mother. Shine reveals to her that he gave Chino a decoy phone and that the woman in the, the video was her mother. Though he tells Estrella wishes aren't real, she still chalks his face to grant him his wish that his scars disappear. Um, abruptly, Chino appears and shoots Shine after figuring out he's been tricked. Chino uh, chases Australia, who follows Moro's tiger doll, down a shaft that opens up into a pit of bodies, including Australia's mother. Her mom's dead body briefly reanimates, passing off her bracelet to Australia as they emotionally reunite. Using the phone Chino so desperately wants, Australia lures him into the room filled with bodies, and the ghost can be heard killing Chino. Um, later, Estrella runs into Shine's ghost, and the two say goodbye. He lights the room of bodies on fire, and as she leaves, Estrella runs into a tiger that escaped the zoo. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one of the big things that I, I did love about this movie is the work of animation yes. within the movie. So you have a lot of, again, kind of like the Pan's Labyrinth level of imagination that you have with children, um, mm-hmm. which I guess, yes, Pain's Labyrinth has that a child perspective as well. Um, but it works perfectly into them trying to be grown at the same time still being children. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see, especially with like Moro's character, which I'm still devastated by, um, and his uh, stuff, Tiger, uh, when, he, when he's the ghost, he speaks uh, for the first time, but the tiger also comes to life and assists throughout the yeah. thing as well. But it was interesting. I, I did think that that was a beautiful Mm-hmm. Did I hate it? Yes. But it was a beautiful <laughs> yes. Yeah, the animation is really, really beautiful. So essentially, like, for instance, when Shine is painting the the tigers uh, on the wall, they'll move. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really cool to, to see. So themes-wise, uh, I think one of the big ones in this is searching for the ghost of parents or... Um, just kind of that, we've talked about that before, how in horror movies, that grief or loss is often used as sort of it, like a ghost. And in right. this movie, it was particularly, yes, it is right. a ghost. I mean, part um, of that also has to do with the fact that she didn't know exactly what happened to her mother. Right. Like, there was still that faint of hope that mm-hmm. perhaps she'll come back. And then, like for the first two days, she really believed maybe she would. And she was just yeah. gone. She she was in denial about it. And then as she realized, okay, this is not happening. She's gone, gone. Um, mm-hmm. And to the point that Shine has to scream in her face, she's dead. She's dead. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty much the lo- level. But like, yeah, when you have an uncertainty, they just disappear. Yeah. You're kind of haunted by what is there. But there was that level, of, but also that haunting, trying to know the truth is even worse. Yeah. So seemingly, mm-hmm. no, for sure. Because when I was watching it, I was like, like, maybe she's still alive, maybe not. I don't know. And then when she made the wish and she came back, it's like a pretty obviously a ghost who has been through some things. Um, I was like, oh, okay, she's right. not coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I want to include this quote because Lopez has talked about this. Um, so. Uh, Lopez says, there's a universal fascination with the figure of the drug lord and with the cartels and a certain type of romance even, which is terrible, that has emerged from it. But nobody is talking about the children that left to their own devices because their parents have been taken, their parents were sometimes killed. Nobody is addressing this as the proper war is. And I felt that we needed that story. Someone needed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So as you said, it was really seeing it from the children's perspective it was clearly very powerful. 
Yeah, uh, very clearly, very powerful. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that that the fact that there's so many sets of children without supervision, and it mm-hmm. just seemed like a norm to people that, that 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 was. And again, all of this is definitely something that I I'm not really. I know that it's prevalent. The drug uh, cartel is a thing, and also like the uh, the effects of it. But I don't know much about. The left behind because there are so many things that has been romanticized or fantasized or, yeah. or like put into these levels of over the top uh, caricatures of what is happening. So the reality is what is happening, what is there, who is going to talk about it, and yeah, people are not invested in it. They don't know much, and unfortunately, that's uh, these are things that we should know about. And as much as I hate this movie, it does uh, bring a lot to that in realizing there's a lot to be said about what is happening in those countries, in, in the specific areas. And they, these are very specific areas because we know mm-hmm. it's not all of Mexico. It's the, the, right. This is what it looks at um, and who is being displaced. And that's that big conversation is who is actually helping, are we helping, and then, yeah, what does it look like? So it's definitely a new perspective for me as well. Yeah, and and as you said, like the touches of, oh, those like childish imagination or here's this stuffed doll really kind of grounds you in, like, these are kids in this situation. And like I said, Lopez has a lot of amazing quotes um, and a lot, if you want to dig deeper into the inspiration behind this, um, has a lot of quotes about wanting to be true to both being a child, but also, like, war-torn areas and what that experience is like. Um, So... Definitely go look that up if you want to to get more context around this. Um, she's also spoken about how losing her own mom influenced her. Quote, My mom died of natural causes, but it was very unexpected and sudden. And many, many times you don't realize that you're dragging a ghost behind you. So that's sort of like what I was saying of the kind of ghost of grief or the ghost of memories where you feel like you see somebody everywhere. Right. Because they were everywhere in your life for for so long or you have so many memories with them or whatever it is. Um, so I felt like it was a very also true to the, that experience as well. And also that, yeah, that as we've talked about before, when when you lose somebody, it just feels like such a jarring, <laughs> unexpected and sudden and like your whole world has just changed. Right. And she did a great job in showing that when, like, though we didn't know exactly what was happening in the movie, she has the memory of the child talking to the mom and how good a relationship they had, and she assumed that it would be forever. But, you know, just not thinking what was going to happen. Coming home had an ominous beginning with the school being completely shut down yeah. uh, because of the violence. And then her coming home and just being empty. And so this, they did a good job. Like, no lights would be on, and the, mm-hmm. like she'd be in the sh- shadows in the daytime, an empty home. Like, it was very apparent that she was in an empty house except for the ghosts um (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i think like uh, this next quote is really great because i think this is why i hate this movie is because it's too based in reality but you know she says uh in another quote you make a movie of a genre that makes it easier and the interesting phenomenon was that it worked around the world and i think it's important to understand what are the true horrors that these children are facing especially when two years after the movie opened at a festival for the first time we find ourselves in a version of the united states States where children crossing the border to survive this drug war 
are being put in cages. So it's particularly urgent. And if horror is going to be the way to deliver this message, fantastic, let's go with it. And yeah, she did it. And like I said, I think this is why movies like this upset me to this degree, being in a field that I, not that you can't, people who hopefully have a heart will understand this is more than just a genre. Um, But coming into knowing the realities that this exists, coming into knowing working with children and losing children uh, because they're caught up in a lifestyle that they think they're surviving in or trying to survive by and then get swept away, essentially forgotten, because that's what happens, unfortunately, with the systems, with kids who are already placed in society as expendable. And I say this, and this is what I've seen in the system, and this is what broke me. It broke me all. Um, That movies like this is a reminder of that, and that's what she's doing, and I love that. I love that she's doing it. Still hate it, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there could be a game to this one of all of your like a little <laughs> but, every time, but I hate every, it <laughs> everybody's drinking every time I say those words uh. yes. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by PNC Bank who believes some things in life should be boring like banking Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Throughout themes of like drugs, the impact of drugs and violence, and all of the trauma left in the wake of that, uh, the death of the mother obviously hangs over all of this too. But uh, trauma for sure, because for instance, that blood, we didn't really talk about this too much, but when the blood follows her home, it's like a trail that follows her. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty symbolic of, you know, this trauma that follows you and you right. can't. It's just always there. Um, so there's a lot. I mean, oh gosh, we could unpack so much about that yeah. and the the trauma that's depicted in this in this movie because it's pretty at the heart of it, right? Um, yeah, I think it was the same thing. Obviously, as it begins with the story, and, and we know with any fairy tale. When you know the actual fairy tale, though the beginnings, the you're like, oh, that is not a happy yeah. ending. This is not a good tale. This is all foreboding. Um, we know that's how they begin, including with the three wishes and, and the teacher teacher trying to, you know, liven them up. And then they're all on the ground because of the shooting occurs and they're still talking about it. Like the teacher tried to make a distraction, but mm-hmm. in actuality, that blood, the tragedy, the violence still follows and you cannot escape it which yeah. is for her. And we know we see this as a cycle, whether it is uh, something like that or women who've been caught up in abuse and women who've been caught up in violence. It's hard to escape it, whether it's something just being haunted by it yeah, or being re-victimized, which happens often. And we've, we've seen that and we've had that conversation before. And that's that deeper level of like, mm-hmm. it's just following and it stings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Kind of going into that, I wanted to include this one more quote from Lopez. It's a bit longer, but I think it explains a lot. As I was writing the first scenes, I created this image of a girl that has to leave school because there was a shootout right outside. And she sees a dead body, which happens frequently in war culture. And she watches it for a second and then turns around and walks away. And that's not something you can do with violence. You can't turn your back and walk away. It will come after you until you look at it and you understand what's going on. And as I'm writing that scene and she turns around from the pool of blood, a line of blood starts following her. And it became sort of the leitmotif of the movie. How death will come with you, will walk with you until you accept and embrace the situation you are in. I think that it's the perfect view to understand a broken universe. But also, I'm Mexican. I'm deeply Latin American. And the entire thing about Latin America is magical thinking and witchcraft and ghosts and leading with our death. So it was just a matter of sitting down to write at the very beginning and not trying to pull the story in that direction, but simply getting out of the way for the story to tell itself. And she did that. Yeah. I still hate it. (laughs) There you go. Another box. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, as you mentioned, just to wrap up here, there were a lot of comments about Australia being a woman, a young girl in the situation and and kind of women in general. There, There was things like, she's a chick, chicks are bad luck. The whole idea of blaming her, like she's the reason these things went went wrong. Uh, there's things like your pink girly ass. One of them say she's repeatedly called a slut and a bitch. So that is there. It's definitely 
making a comment on her sexuality, like they're always bringing it up and always make it seem like, oh, you're bad luck or oh, you're weaker or we just don't want you around because you're no good. (laughs) And definitely a whole big part of her being the only girl. And she was kind of a mother figure too until she lost Grace Mm -hmm. uh, due to lying with her, just omitting the truth. I'm still going to hold to that. Mm -hmm. But trying to find her own. Of course, it ends with an ominous ending uh, because like she doesn't Mm -hmm. have anybody. The two people that really kind of welcomed her shine, Mm -hmm. even though he didn't love it. Um, And then Morrow... And then, of course, the two others were like, you're a liar, get away from me, and you killed Moro, essentially. Mm-hmm. was really tragic. So she's, again, alone. Yes, yeah, she's vindicated, and maybe things will change because this politician is gone. Um, yeah. But who knows? It's just, it was a mm-hmm. lot. It was a lot. And yeah, I hated it. Um, <laughs> would I recommend you watching it? If you have the power to do so, go for it. Because I will never watch this again. <laughs> Oh, no. My movie night is ruined. (laughs) Um, I feel like you've tricked me a few times. I am trying to get better. How dare you? I feel bad. I'm sorry I traumatized you. I honestly was going to warn you, but you were being a star student and I tried. See, this this is what I get. The lesson is always procrastinate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I've ruined it. You'll never take any of my recommendations again. Oh. <laughs> I'm a little scarred. But yes, I think we need to go back to, there's so much to be said. We could have broken each scene apart yeah. about the depth of it. She made this horror movie in order for you to understand the depth. But then she also made a movie where she still had a connection mm-hmm. with her mother uh, that was on a deeper level, even in her decomposing state. Yeah. Um, and then passing along a love and a passion or tradition or, or just the, her heritage with that bracelet. I think that was really important as well. Of course, that bracelet came to haunt her a little bit too. Yeah. With the birds that kept haunting her, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure there's an omen to that. We know, I think they were crows, uh, which has a lot of ominous behind it as mm-hmm. well. And yeah, I, I like that she was the main character, Estrella, much like we were talking about with Pan's Labyrinth, has this mm-hmm. main character that's a girl going through her life and trying to just find a way to fit in and to survive. Um, and then also the play on, and I don't know if she did a play on the monkey paw. Uh, I'm sure there's more stories and legends that come through in, in Mexico that has a linkage to that as well because I know there's mm-hmm. variations. Um, but it, it was it was a deep movie, beautifully filmed, tragically filmed. Uh, these actors were wonderful. These children were like just amazing. Mm -hmm. This is why it bothered me so much. They were too good at this. (laughs) Also. um, All of this was tragic. Again, like her trying to fix Shine's face and then immediately he dies and you're like, what the f***? Once again, what the f***? (laughs) Annie. But yes, like even though I protest a lot, yes, Mm -hmm. I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> it was a beautiful movie. Yeah. I still am very haunted by it. Yeah. It sticks with you. It sticks with you. How dare you? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, with that, there you go. <laughs> with that, um, we we do love getting recommendations from you, listeners. You haven't burned that bridge yet for her, so <laughs> yes, yes, I will take your recommendations. <laughs> um, 
You can send those to us at our email, stuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.